to the book of 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings, chapter 11. We're in an exciting time. Uh, we are, of course, uh, we are excited uh, to be able to uh, stand tall in our city and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and the Lord wants to do a work in us. The Lord wants to do a work in us. And when I say us, I mean all of us. He's not just going to do a work in us collectively. He's going to do a work in us individually. He's going, to, he's going to come into my heart and change me. He's going to come into your heart and change you. You see, I've been living for the Lord for a long time. He can, he can do a change in you you've never known before. You know, His mercies are new every morning. And so we're thankful for, for what the Lord is doing in our congregation. And, and, uh, and we're excited about that. 2 Kings chapter 11. We're going to begin reading from the first verse. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. But Jehoshabah, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they hid him. Everybody say they hid him. Even him and his nurse in the bedchamber from Athaliah so that he was not slain. And he was with her hid in the house of the Lord six years. And Athaliah did reign over the land. And the seventh year Jehoiada sent and fetched the rulers over hundreds with the captains and the guard and brought them to him into the house of the Lord and made a covenant with them, and took an oath of them in the house of the Lord, and showed them the king's son. Verse number 12. And he brought forth the king's son. This is now seven years later. Six years have passed that he was in the house of the Lord. In verse 4, the seventh year has emerged, and Jehoiada has gathered the captains. And in verse 12, he brought forth the king's son's son and put the crown upon him gave him the testimony, and they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, God, save the king. And when Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she came to the people into the temple of the Lord. And when she looked, behold, the king stood by a pillar as the manor was, and the princes and the trumpeters by the king. And all the people of the land rejoiced and blew with trumpets. And Athaliah, that wicked queen, rent her clothes and cried treason treason but Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of the hundreds the officers of the host and said unto them have her forth without the ranges and him that followeth her kill her with the sword for the priest had said let her not be slain in the house of the Lord they laid hands on her she went by the way which the horses came into the king's house and there was she slain and I would like to preach to you for a few moments this morning on the subject hidden in the house of the Lord. Hidden in the house of the Lord. How many are thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? Glory to God. Let's put our hands together again and lift high the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you for your grace to us. Lord, we magnify your name. We praise your holy name. 
And we give you honor. I pray for an anointing upon the remainder of this service. I pray for an anointing upon your messengers. Lord, I pray that you will move in this house. Let your word go forth and find good ground. Lord, I pray that you will strengthen us. Save us. Hallelujah. Fill us with your power anew, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I am excited this morning because I want to preach to you about the most important ministry of the church. I want to preach to you about the most important mission of the church, about this area of concentration that many times goes overlooked simply because of, of the ages of those involved, and, and yet it cannot go overlooked because it is, it is the most important ministry that the church can ever do, and I'm going to be talking to you this morning about children's ministry, ministering to the children that are among us. Somebody said that you can tell what the priorities are of a person by looking at their checkbook and at their calendar. Well, if that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, every one of us need to re-examine our priorities because we can say what we want, but what we do with our checkbook and with our calendar really reveals what it is that is important to us. As the church of the living God, and as an apostolic church, as the tree of life church, we have to make children the most important mission field of the church. We have to do that. The most important ministry in the kingdom of God is the church. We cannot grow so old in our own lives that we forget that we once were children. We cannot grow up and begin to discount or underestimate the importance of reaching a small child with the life-changing message of salvation. So we're going to be preaching about that uh, this morning and making that a focal point. And I invite you to let the Holy Ghost minister to you as, as we look into the word of the Lord. When I call us the Tree of Life Church, I speak of healing the nations and we speak of branching out and letting the leaves and the fruit uh, feed and 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 reach all who can we can reach but but I want you to know that we are that tree of life in seed form right now we're that tree of life in seed form but we are becoming that and that mighty oak that God wants us to be and I want you to know that this is a lofty ideal to live up to We've got, a, we've got a lot to live up to. I don't want to show up before the judgment seat of God and the Lord say, he's not going to say, well done, Joel, you claimed to be a tree of life. He's going to say, were you a tree of life? Were you that healing agent? Were you what you claimed to be? Were you somebody who preached Jesus and who lived Jesus and who brought Jesus to the community and to the people that I came to save? And so we're going to be talking today about the roots of this congregation because it starts with the seed and those roots go out 
And there's a whole congregation underneath us right now. They can hear me stomp while I'm preaching. And they've got blessed heroes teaching them and instructing them who sacrifice time and who sacrifice energy and who sacrifice effort. And our, we better be pleading the blood of Jesus over them and praying a protective hedge around them. We don't have very much time with them. We have a little bit of time on Sunday mornings, sometimes on Wednesday nights. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the congregation, not even really of tomorrow, absolutely tomorrow. But they've got a role to play even right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> to help me this morning, I have invited somebody to come and help me deliver this uh, message, this message to you today to help present this word from the Lord. And so I'm going to ask them to come at this time. Would you put your hands together for Sister Anna Urshan? God bless you, Sister Anna. Praise the Lord, church. Thank you. Jennifer Flynn, Bethany Wilson, Ange and Steve Kovach, Brother and Sister Evans, Brother and Sister Tierney, Shalina Wilson, Connie Hansen, Sister Amalou, Brother and Sister Moore, Brother Cranute, Jeremy Cranute, Brother Purnell, Janet Ward, Janine Rommel, Vicki Wright, Charlie Elliott, Aaron Williams, Jeff and Sister Trisha McGrady, I always say McGarty, I don't know why, Hawkins Smith, The Leasers, and Brian and Marla Duvall, these were my Sunday school teachers and my Wednesday instructors. And I cannot be more thankful for people in my life that took the time to invest in young minds and young hearts. Our family came to Cincinnati when I was only five, my sister only two. So I know what it's like to be raised in a children's ministry in First Apostolic Church, but I guess it's now Tree of Life. <laughs> so we had teachers that were determined to place God's word in our hearts. They were determined to lead us into the right direction, to help us with our walk with God. I just wanted to take a quick moment, not long at all, and I mean it. Just <laughs> a few memories that I will always remember. And VBS, if you don't know what VBS, it's an incredible ministry that our church has done for many years to really get the children involved into these stories of Jesus. And Sister Connie and Brother uh, Sister Rockland have always done a wonderful job in doing so. And this particular VBS day, I don't even remember the theme or anything. I just remember that Sister and Brother Moore were doing a Bible story. And in the room, they had a huge boat in the middle. And so we all sat in it. Instead of sitting in like a little circle, we sat in the boat. We were in the boat. It was so cool. And they turn off the lights. And I can't remember if it was flashlights or just the switch on. But either way, they made lightning. And with the sound of thunder, <laughs> And then they had a little spray bottle and they squirt water and we were in the storm. They brought the story to life. We understood what it was like to be in this crazy storm, even those in the floor of the Sunday school room. It was really cool. <laughs> the whole point was, is when the disciples were scared for their life, Jesus was right there sleeping. And it was like, why are you sleeping? We're about to die. But Jesus still answered and he still got up and said, peace, be still. And he calmed the storms. I know now when my life is going nuts and this nation is tearing down, if I call on the name of Jesus, he will calm the storms. And that is because of the Sunday school ministry. 
Sister Annette and Brother Evans are just, they are just incredible because I still remember a lot of their lessons 10 years after, which is really good for an ADD person. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they would create charts and uh, worksheets, and it was almost as homework, and we would bring these home, and we would memorize certain things, and, and I know I memorized the Ten Commandments. I memorized the fruits of the Spirit. I memorized the, the armor of God. And I know if I'm going out into a battle, I can't do it without him. I know all of the books of the Bible. If someone says, where's Romans? I know to do the song. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and Romans. Acts. I know how to do that now because of them. <laughs> they literally took the time to describe every story through a timeline. And it took about a year, but every Wednesday it was a new Bible story. And we were excited to know how God used other people. And I know these things because of a Sunday school ministry. So sometimes with correction, you know, you learn something. And if you don't know me, I was one of those kids. I was that kid that was jumping off the walls, wanted to talk the whole time. Shocker, right? So, <laughs> and I was just very talkative. And I remember this time where I was corrected, but it changed my life. Brother Charlie Elliott was speaking about the meditation in God's presence. And me and his daughter, we thought we had some right away, and we, you know, would chitter-chatter anyways. And he would say, now, for this class, I know you guys like to talk, but for this class, I need you to be quiet because we're going into the presence of God, and we're going to experience something like no other. Well, I chitter-chattered anyways, and me and his daughter, we were just talking. And normally he would say, okay, shh, and then carry on. But in this particular subject, he said, no, I'm not having it today, and he separated us. And I thank God that he did that, because now I know that being in God's presence is a, it's, it's so incredible, and we should not take it for granted, because his presence, that's where healing happens. That's where problems are changed. That's when he provides for us, and I know that because of the Sunday school ministry. Every program we ever had, if it was just a simple choir deal or if it was the Christmas program, it was always because of Sister Shalina and Sister Liz Tierney. They were always awesome, and every single time, Brother Brian Duvall will come up to say, you know what? God's using you. God is using you to describe the gospel and describe the wonders that he has done. And somebody today is going to be saved. I know because of that, that no matter how big or small I am, I can be used by God. God can use me to change somebody's life for his glory. And my last note is, and this kind of builds on to the last thing I said, Bethany, uh, Bethany Malloy and Jennifer Flynn, they were teaching, okay? And so you have to understand that there was this piggy bank in the back of the room of a crayon. It was huge. And as a five-year-old, it was like my height. And it was a blue crayon. And I don't know why I remember it, but I do. And so they started talking about how God can use anybody. God will use you for his glory. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my Lord. I'm like a crayon, and God's like an artist, so he can use me to draw a picture for his glory. You can be the ugliest crown in the box. God will still use you if you're willing. I learned that from Sunday school ministry. So if there's a kid, no matter how shy they are or how external they are like me, 
God will help these people provide a seed in their heart. God will use those people to show the kids that they are loved. And God has died on the cross for them. And his blood was shed for them. And through his name, there is power. I know when I walk in God's and his glory that nothing is impossible. And it's because of the wonderful Sunday school ministry. I'm thankful. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we praise the Lord? Can we praise the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. I thank God for our Sunday school teachers, our children's ministry leaders, those who sacrifice their time to invest in the lives of young people and children. As Anna mentioned, she was five, Sophia was two when, they, when our family came to Cincinnati, Ohio. I will always be immensely grateful for the people who poured into my children while we were laboring in the kingdom. As, as pastor, we were always able to take great comfort knowing our children were in good hands with people who feared the Lord and who were putting the word of God into their hearts. There is absolutely no replacement for putting the Word of God in a child's heart, ladies and gentlemen. In this passage of Scripture, we read about a wicked queen. Her name is Athaliah. She is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. The word Jezebel just, just immediately sends a shiver up and down the spine of anybody who is familiar with her story. She was a murderous, murderous and villainous queen, and... The scripture actually describes years later, generations later, on into the book of Revelation, the spirit of Jezebel was still at work warring against the people of God. So she wasn't just a, a queen who was murderous, but there was a spirit associated with this woman, and it traveled through the, the, the generations of the scriptures. Her daughter, Athaliah, was just as wicked as she was, and she was... Uh, she was Ahab's daughter, she was Jezebel's daughter. Jezebel was Phoenician, Ahab was uh, Jewish, and Athaliah was part Jewish and part Phoenician. She, which is sometimes even a, a, greater, a greater threat because there was a little bit of her that could, could relate to the things of God and there was a little bit of her that, that could relate to the things of the world. There's no greater problem than that of a lukewarm spirit, hypocrisy. And, and Athaliah was the mother of Ahaziah. Ahaziah was her son. Athaliah had been queen. She was married to Jehoram, and Jehoram died. After Jehoram died, Ahaziah, his son, Athaliah's son, became the uh, king, and he died. He was only king for about a year or a little bit more, and then Athaliah, Ahaziah died. Athaliah, the mother, went on a murderous rampage. As we read in this passage of scripture, she destroyed all the seed royal. And she did so because she was determined that she would be the queen of Israel. And she wanted to have no threat to the throne. But this was a, this was a, a demonic possession and spirit that was driving her. Because not only <laughs> did she want to have access to the throne, but she was trying to eliminate all the seed royal so that she could eradicate the lineage that would eventually produce the Messiah, Jesus. 
This was the lineage God had chosen. And, and so, so she was determined to wipe out all of the seed royal from ever being able to continue on. But here God had a plan. And God was not going to let this happen. And Athaliah was determined to do so. But what she didn't know was that when you choose to war against God, you're in a losing battle, my friend. God has a people and God has a purpose and God has a plan. And there are people that God will place his plan and his purpose upon their heart. And they will let the heart of God swell within them. And they will move into action to do what God has called them to do. And so when, when Athaliah went on her rampage of killing all the seed royal and all of the descendants of Ahaziah, she literally was murdering her grandchildren. She was a wicked, evil, vile woman. And the scripture says that she thought she had accomplished her, her, her terrible task. But what she didn't know was that Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was the daughter of Joram. And she grabbed the smallest of the family, the one that went overlooked, the one that went unnoticed, Joash. He was just a baby. And she said, he might just be a baby, but I'm going to take this baby and I'm going to hide him and his nurse in the bedchamber until Athaliah is out of the picture. And then I'm going to put him into the hands of her husband, Jehoiada, the high priest. So Jehoshaphat kept that child hidden in the bedchamber until Athaliah was out of the way. And she took that baby, put him into the hands of the priest, Jehoiada, and they hid him in the house of the Lord for six years. For six years, Ahaziah's son, the king-to-be, was being raised up in the house of the Lord. Athaliah was tearing down the temple of the Lord, trying to build a temple for Baal. She was trying to cause Israel to fall endlessly into idolatry but little did she know that God had placed it upon the heart of Jehoshaphat God had placed it upon the heart of Jehoiada to take this child at, 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 at the age of an infant and bring him into the temple of the Lord and hide him in the house of God for six years. And for six years, he learned the ways of the Lord. For six years, he heard repeated, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. For six years, he heard, Him only shall you serve. For six years, he heard, The Lord our God is one. For six years, he heard, heard there is none beside him and there is none above him for six years he heard the blessings of Abraham pronounced over him for six years he was hidden in the house of the Lord now some would have liked for him to be able to break out of that house and experience something else and to get some other kind of a of an option for life but what they don't understand was there was a murderer on the prowl there was an adversary like a roaring lion seeking whom they may devour there was somebody who had targeted that young joash regardless of how young he was he was a threat to this athaliah so we look at this and understand that's the way of the enemy. The enemy targets the young. 
the enemy sets his sight upon children and begins to try to wreak havoc in their life. That's why everybody in this building can point to their childhood and say that there was something, there was some experience that, that you experienced in childhood that has had a lasting effect even to this day. And people are continually repeat, re receiving therapeutic treatment concerning, quote, childhood issues, unquote. What is that? Why is that? Because the enemy targets the young. He knows the threat they are to his plan. He knows the capacity they have to do the work of God, to do the will of God. He knows what will happen if the word of God ever gets down deep in their heart. He knows that if he can't get access to them at that age, that there'll be a seed of the word of God placed in their heart. And they will grow up into a mighty tree. And they shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth their fruit in their seed. Season, and the leaf shall not wither and whatsoever they do shall prosper he knows that he's got to target them at a young age so you see things like the Hitler youth of Nazi Germany the Hitler youth began in 1922 now he didn't he was he didn't take power until well after that but long before he ever took power in Germany he had this idea that he had to get his his hooks into the youth of Germany. And so he brought them as early as the age of 10. And from 10 to 13, they were in a boys and girls uh, club. And they were being taught the ideologies, the awful, evil ideologies of Adolf Hitler. And from the ages of 13 on to 18, they were taught military training. And they were taught how to, how to detonate bombs and how to... How to uh, uh, climb barbed wire fencing and dig trenches and they they were taught the ways of a warrior and and it, to some it seemed innocent to some it seemed fine but to Adolf Hitler's sick mind it was to literally take over the world and so it it, it was his goal he was he knew that in order to exact his plan he had to get a hold of the children God forbid that we have an adversary who knows that the children are the target and the church sit idly by and not take seriously the fact that God has entrusted into our care young people, young children, young minds and young hearts and young souls and young spirits who need direction in their life, who need the seed of the word of God to be planted deep within their soul so that they can understand who God is so they can understand who God made them to be you see God God went after them long before the enemy would go after them God saw them as a matter of fact the Bible says the Lord said before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee and I ordained thee to be a prophet under the nations I don't care what the world has told you about yourself you hear what the word of the Lord says before God formed you in the belly he knew you and he ordained your life for his purpose and his glory. Now you might consider them little rugrats running around. You might consider them annoying and inconvenient and on your nerves, but that's not how God sees them. God says, before I formed them in the belly, I knew who they are. I've got a plan for their life. 
And the enemy will do anything he can to thwart that plan of God in that young child's life. We have to understand that every person we meet, there is a plan of God waiting to be awakened within them. It doesn't matter what they may seem like on the exterior. It doesn't matter how they treat you. It doesn't matter what you encounter. You better know it, friend, that locked inside of them is a purpose that is waiting to be broken open. And the light of God can touch that purpose and and they can be what God called them to be hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus and we have to understand it happens at a young age it's not something that that we wait for more than half of the people who ever come to Jesus Christ will do so by the age of 12 less than six percent come to Jesus Christ after the age of 12 By the time a child is nine years of age, their basic moral foundation has already been formed. By age 13, a person has irrevocably formed the majority of their beliefs about the nature of God, about the existence of Satan, about the reliability of the Bible, about the afterlife, about the holiness of Jesus Christ, or whether one can even be saved from sin, about the importance of the Holy Ghost in their life, most people will believe until they die what they believe by the time they are 13 years of age. We can't wait until they're 13 to start telling them about Jesus Christ. We've got to start while they're young. That's why the Lord said you need to, you need to wake up in the morning saying the Lord our God is one Lord. And you need to go to bed at night saying the Lord our God is one Lord. And you need to walk around the house saying the Lord our God is one Lord. And you need to hang it upon the doorpost of your home. The Lord our God is one Lord. Let it be a part of your cat- conversation the Lord our God is one Lord it can't just happen at the church it has to happen in the home it has to happen in the living room it has to happen at the breakfast table they have to hear the word of the Lord they need to hear that God saves they need to hear that there's only one to worship there's only one to serve don't give me any of this stuff about well I think we need to let them grow up and make their own decision you've got a responsibility sir you've got a responsibility ma'am to put the word of God in their heart Hallelujah. I understand some feel like the time has already passed and that your child is already raised and you wonder and you and you regret and you didn't have your priorities in place. You were distracted by the enemy and make no mistake about it. It was a distraction of the enemy to keep you from understanding your first mission field, your first ministry, that precious child growing up in your home. The devil began to, to put upon you feelings of, of, of self-happiness. What makes me happy I don't I don't have time to think about what they need in their heart right now because I'm so busy worrying and wondering about whether I'm as happy as I need to be don't you understand that the lion and the bear broke in on the flock that David was watching Jesse's flock his father's flock and when that lion broke in and when that bear broke in David fought that lion off 
and he fought that bear off. He slew the lion. He slew the bear. Now let me tell you a little something. That lion and that bear, they weren't trying to kill David. They were trying to kill the flock. David wasn't fighting for his life. He was fighting for the life of the flock. Mom, dad, the battle you're in right now, it's not about you. It's about your flock. It's about those sheep who can't defend themselves. Don't get so caught up in thinking that the devil is focused on you and he's trying to take you down and trying to get rid of you and trying to make your life miserable and make you have no peace and no joy. You're over there fighting for your life and you think it's so that you can be preserved. No, it's so he can distract you and concentrate on the defenseless sheep that are sitting around your breakfast table. The defense sheep that are in the other room being entertained by an entertainment industry that is bent on destroying their soul. Oh God. Oh God. Ladies and gentlemen, don't make the mistake of setting your children down in front of, a, of, a, of, a, of Hollywood. Make the mistake of even sitting your children down in front of Disney and believing that Disney and Hollywood can raise your children. They will raise your children. Don't, don't mistake it. Oh, they'll do it. They're happy to do it. They'll take them by the hand and they'll lead them into paths of perverseness and they'll lead them into paths of unrighteousness. You hear the watchman on the wall. Now hear what I'm saying. I know this isn't popular preaching. I know, but you know what? You can preach against videos and movies and television and forget all about video games. And those video games, ladies and gentlemen, open a whole new world to children and the young people and mess with their minds and mess with their spirit and begin to lead them down a path of destruction. You hear what I'm preaching? I know this isn't popular preaching. It's not going to get me it's not going to get me on any talk shows. I don't care about being on a talk show. I've got a pulpit. I need to use it for what God intended it for to preach the word. Hallelujah. I know they want to shut the preachers up. They want to shut the preachers up. They want to shut the preachers down. Listen, they may shut some preachers up, but they're not going to shut this word of God up. And they're not going to shut me up. I'm not going to be a wallflower. I'm going to be a watchman on the wall to let somebody understand. You got to wake up and realize God anointed you to be a father. God anointed you to be a mother. God anointed you to hide that child in the house of the Lord. Know what your kids are watching. Know what your kids are being entertained by. Don't trust this world's approach to child psychology, to child rearing, to child raising. Trust the word of God. Brother Nectar and I were, and Sister Mitzi, we were talking yesterday. He said something so profound. He said to me, he said, you know, I remember thinking, when I first became a father, boy, they don't, give you a, they don't give you an owner's manual for this stuff, do they? He said, but then 
I opened up the word of God. And he said, I found out, oh, yes, they do. There is, a, there is a manual. There is a manual. And if you'll follow the manual, God will give you everything you need. We challenged the young people Wednesday night to read with us the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. There are 31 days in the month of March. We said, let's have a March of Proverbs. You know what I like about the book of Proverbs? It's pro-verb. It's not pro-inaction. It's pro-action. It's proverb. It's, 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 it's understanding that, my goodness, God has given me life. God has given me his, his grace. God has given me strength. And so we read the word of the Lord, and, and the word from the book of Proverbs teaches us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct my path. Notice what verse 1 of Proverbs 3 said. My son, forget not my law. Let your heart keep my commandments length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee let not mercy and truth forsake thee bind them about thy neck write them upon the table of thine heart you shall find favor you shall find good understanding in the sight of God and man Get into the house of God. Get into the house of God. And there's an Athaliah on the loose in our nation. There's an Athaliah on the loose on our nation. Assassinating children physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Ladies and gentlemen, this spirit of violence and hostility, it's coming in all forms and all, all different shapes and sizes, even in the form of abortion. It's attacking children in the safest place, within the womb of their mother. It's time for somebody to get a burden in their soul and say, I'm going to take my children, no matter how young, and I'm taking them to the house of the Lord. I'm taking them to the house of the Lord. Why? Because you don't understand. There's an Athaliah loose. There's an Athaliah loose in our family. People can point to generational challenges that their family has faced. I'll never forget the young man. My friend who, who was showing me a photo album of his family, and he said to me, he said, look, this is my uncle. He, he was in prison for this and that. This is my, this is my grandfather's brother. He, he was in prison for 25 years. And, now, this is my cousin. He just got out of jail, and, uh, and he was going through this, and I was just, I was just listening to him. And then, he, he, then he chuckled because, you know, my family, is, at one time we had 33 living preachers in the Urshan family. And I, I remember as a kid, there were 33, and I wasn't one of them yet. I was just a kid. There were 33 living preachers in the uh, Urshan family. And he looked at me, and he chuckled, and he said, he said, I guess you could say that you were destined to be a preacher, and I was destined to be a prisoner. So you can imagine the pain I felt when I walked into that county jail as a young preacher to preach the gospel to those prisoners. And when I walked in in my preacher clothes, and he walked around the corner in his prison clothes. And he, and he said, Joel, it's good to see you. My heart sank because he believed the lie of Athaliah. <laughs> Now, I'm glad to tell you, though, that he had a godly grandmother 
who brought him to the house of God and refused to let him go the way that the enemy would have him go. And she prayed over him and brought him to the youth functions and brought him to children's church. And, and he received the Holy Ghost and he was baptized in Jesus' name. Now he went astray as a young man, but I'm glad to tell you that he got back on track. His grandmother called me last year and said, I got to tell you, he's managing a restaurant doing great. He's married, got beautiful children. God's blessing him and I'm so thankful. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't go wrong hiding them in the house of the Lord. My mind goes to a lady by the name of Jochebed who had a similar situation. Jochebed was, was, was a person whose, whose name meant Jehovah glories. Joe, Jehovah, Kabed, glories, Jehovah, glories. And this woman, Jochebed, was, was intimidated by the commandment of Pharaoh that went out that all the male children of the Israelites had to be killed. And, and it was, it was, it's, it's the same old story, the enemy attacking the children. It's the same old story. Get them while they're young. Go after them while they can't defend themselves. It's cruel. It's evil. It's ungodly. But it exists in this, in this, in this this form of, of satanic adversarial ways. And, and Jochebed said, no, God help me. And she grabbed up her, her little baby boy. And, and, and the Bible says that she hid him for three months. She hid him in the house. And I can just imagine Jochebed, Jehovah glories, holding Moses close to her. And whenever the baby would cry, trying to, trying to keep the noise down so that a guard outside wouldn't hear it, so that somebody wouldn't report her to the government that that she had a baby and that it was a male child of Israel she hid him as much as she could she tried to keep him quiet but the Bible says that three months came the baby became more active and was less able to keep quiet and so she could no longer hide him and the Bible said that she made an ark of bulrushes that ark of bulrushes was a was was made out of papyrus it was papyrus and you know where papyrus comes from it comes from it, it's actually part of a tree you can do a lot with a tree. You can do a lot with a tree. And you know what? This Bible I'm preaching from, you know what it was first written on? Papyrus. That's why we call it paper. Papyrus. So, so she took what we would later inscribe the word of God upon. And she wrapped up her little baby in an ark of papyrus in an ark of paper and she she put this together the coarse the coarse papyrus and she daubed it with slime and mortar and pitch and she and she prepared this little ark of papyrus don't you know that's what you're doing when you bring your children to the house of God don't you know that's that's what we did when we brought Anna and Sophia and set them into the Sunday school classrooms of the of first apostolic church and vacation bible school and children's ministry and children's church we were wrapping them up in the word of God wrapping them up in the word of God listen listen I, I, I'm not I'm not naive I know we can't hide them forever I know we can't just shelter them from every experience they're going to have in the world they got to live life they got to move out into this world they got to be confronted by what's going to confront them but they've got to be prepared for it they're not going to do it without us 
surrounding them with the word of God. I'm going to get papyrus. I'm going to get some Psalm 23 and wrap it around. I'm going to get some John 14 and wrap it around. I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some Psalm 27 and wrap it around in Psalm 127. That's real good. That's real strong and sturdy. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. I'm going to wrap them up with some. And you know what? Don't forget Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and Genesis 3 because if you don't know in the beginning God, it doesn't matter what else you read. You better get the fundamentals in their heart. Put the basics in their soul. I'm going to set them down next to the reeds. That's what the Bible said. She, and, and she said, in the flags by the brinks of the river. You know what those flags were? It's not like, it's not like those flags. That flag. That's not, the same, that's not the same word. It's papyrus. Plants. I'm going to set. She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap him up in plant material. I'm going to set him down next to some plants. See, that's what you do with your children. You wrap them up in the word of God and you set them in a place where there's a tree, where there's fruit, where there are leaves, and where there are roots. You set them there in Jesus' name. And tree of life, let me tell you something, what that means for us, that means we better do our job. I weep over every soul that walks away from the Lord. I can't help, I can't help but feel like somehow I failed somewhere. I didn't do it like I need to. Somehow we didn't do it. That's why we got to build a building. Brother Brian Duvall said it so well. He said, for every new face you see, it means an old, another one has faded out of the scene. My God, have mercy that should keep us up at night. Folks, we don't have time. We don't have time to play games. There's an Athaliah on the loose. There's a Pharaoh on the loose. This world is getting worse and worse. We've got to be ready to be what God called us to be and do what God called us to do. You know how many people, do you know how many people need what we have in this building right now? They need the love of God. They need the truth of God. They need the Holy Ghost. They need the name of the Lord to be a strong tower. They need it. They need it. And so, so Moses, he was saved by his mother's conviction yeah, it was difficult to keep him quiet for three months. Yeah, it was a sacrifice to put him in that little ark. Yes, yeah, you think annoying, of course, inconvenient. Yes, feared for his life, feared for her life. She did what she had to do because she knew the enemy wasn't coming after her. The enemy was coming after that, that lamb. Do you know what? It saved Moses' life. Here came Pharaoh's daughter. He got his name Moses from Pharaoh's daughter. She drew him out of the river. It's where we're drawn out of the river that we receive our name. She drew him out of the river. Hallelujah. She said, his name shall be Moses. And then she looked at the little Hebrew girl, Miriam, and said, do you know anybody? She knew what she was talking about. This is Pharaoh's daughter. She's protecting this little baby boy. She said, do you know anybody that could help nurse this baby? Miriam was like, yeah, I think I do. And she said, could you help me with that? 
So Miriam gets the baby brother, takes him back to her mother, and Moses was raised in the home of his mother. He was schooled in the wisdom of the Egyptians, but he was nursed on the milk of Israel. So that baby infant every morning was told, the Lord our God is one Lord. 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 That's what happens when you wrap them up in the word of God and set them down. Next to roots and fruit and branches and leaves and a strong tree. Hallelujah. So Moses' life continues on. I mean, it's a topsy-turvy life. We get to this particular place, though, where he's anointed of God. He's appointed by God. He's doing the work of God. And as he comes down, the, as he comes down into the, the, the wilderness experience with Israel, they come to a particular place where the waters are poisonous. And the children of Israel are not able to drink of the water. And I love this. I love this. Moses said, I know just what to do. He said, I want you to cut down a tree. And I want you to stick that tree into those waters. You know what? We're raising children that, that, that we're going to put in them the word of God. Anna talked about it a little bit ago where she talked about the repetition. It was, it was constantly hearing the word of God. Constantly hearing of the armor of God. Constantly hearing about the fruit of the Spirit. And any of these young people that came up in this Sunday school children's church blast zone ministry can tell you the same thing. Vacation Bible school. That repetition of the word of God. Repeating, 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 repeating. Hearing it, receiving it, and believing it. We had a Bible quiz promotion to open the service this morning. I was a Bible quizzer for seven years. I wasn't a good Bible quizzer. But I learned the word of God. I couldn't compete. I couldn't compete to save my life. But, but I, I learned the word of God. In fact, I, in fact, they used me for some Bible quiz promotions. And I was so thankful, humbled, and happy to do it. But I thought, I don't think they know how bad of a Bible quizzer I was. <laughs> Finally, somebody who was there uh, and, and remembered, uh, was introducing me to preach. And, and they knew how bad of a Bible quizzer I was. And they said, you know, they said... Um, uh, you know, we're so happy to have Brother Urshan here. We want him to come and minister and said, uh, um, now I will tell you, he was quite the underperformer as a Bible quizzer. <laughs> and I said, finally, somebody speaks the truth. I wasn't good. Listen, you don't have to be the best at nothing. All you got to do is learn the word, learn the word, learn the word. I, I, you know, I had, I, had a, I had a Bible quiz coach who taught me how to memorize the word of the Lord. And Sister Peggy Huff, and she would say it this way. She would say, better is the poor that walk. So, Proverbs 19.1. You're going to memorize Proverbs 19.1? This is how you do it. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. She said, okay, we're going to learn this this way. We're going to repeat the first phrase five times. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. 
Now we're going to read it again. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Now we're going to go back to that first phrase and repeat it five times. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity. Now we're going to read it again. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Now we're going to do the, the second part. Than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool on and on and on we did it 15 times each until when you got done you had that thing where in your heart what hid in your heart I learned the book of Esther. I learned the book of Romans. I learned the first 14 chapters of the book of Acts, the last 15, 14 chapters of the book of Acts. Learned Pentecostal doctrine. Learned the book of John. Learned selected Psalms. For seven years, I Bible quizzed. I wasn't a good Bible quizzer, but the Word of God got a hold of my heart. That's what matters. That's what's important. I'm not able to just get up here and preach, ladies and gentlemen, uh, simply because I chose to be a preacher and I wanted to be a preacher, and so I'm going to get up here I'm stage fright. I'm still stage fright. I'm shy. I'm introverted. Anything other than that is the anointing of the Lord. It comes from reading the word, hearing the word, obeying the word, memorizing the word, and teaching the word. I had the privilege when our first weekend in Cincinnati to be pastor. It was February of 2005, 13 years ago. And we got here and we, we got on site and, and, and we're here during the week. Went to the restaurant Maggiano's for a youth dinner. Some were here, some were there that night. You may remember that. And, uh, and then uh, a couple days later, I had to go back to Indiana to preach the Sunday school conference for the district of Indiana. And, and it was even before our first Sunday as pastor. So Friday night, Saturday morning actually, during Saturday, I preached in Marion, Indiana at the Indiana District Sunday School Conference. And when I stood up to preach on the importance of children's ministry, I looked out into that congregation of people. And there sat the Sunday school teachers who taught me. I said, that's why it's important. Children's ministry is important. Because I'm here due to their sacrifices. It's so hard to understand that. When that little rug rat Joel is, is causing a disturbance in the class. And I know that's going to sound, I know none of y'all would believe that. I know y'all. Being disrespectful. Needing to be corrected. I remember getting corrected. I remember getting called out into the, getting to the side. Brother Lawman called me out. One of the elders in the church. He walked in and saw me laughing and talking with my friends and the teacher was trying to teach and I wasn't making it easy on her and I was laughing and talking and, and Brother Lawman said, Joel, in the hallway. <laughs> Folks, it's let, let your children be corrected. Is this all right? Can I take just a couple more minutes? I, I, he, Brother Longman calls me out in the hallway, and you know what he said to me? He said, now, Joel, you need to stop that. I said, TJ and Patrick were doing it too. <laughs> and he, he said, but, now listen. He said, but you're the preacher's son. And he said, and, and you know better. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something. I was at a, I was at a, 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 pre, a PK retreat, preacher's kids retreat, and I heard folks getting up, and there, was, there were about 500 preacher's kids out there to, uh, attending, and, and different ones were speaking, and somebody, people were talking about, yeah, people target you, you're the preacher's kid, and they target you and single you out, and, and I don't like it when they do that, and I got up and said, I'm thankful somebody singled me out. I'm thankful for an elder who pulled me aside and said, Joel, stop it. You know better. And I can't change. I was the preacher's kid. That was just a fact. Thank God for an elder who called me out. Thank God for an elder who saw me going down a path that wasn't good for me and just snapped me up and said, come on, come on, come on. Snap out of it, Joel. You know better. You know this isn't the way to act. This isn't the way to be. And it pulled me back into, ladies and gentlemen, there is no price tag we can put upon investing in the heart of a child. You may not see who that child will become, but God is anointing you to help that child become who he has always known them to be. I know you're competing against every wind of doctrine and you're competing against every false devil that's come down the pike trying to lead children astray in 2018. I wept over my children just the other day and I said, I said, girls, I'm, I, your generation, it grieves me so much to see what you're having to face in your generation. The confusion that exists in this generation. The, 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 just the, the sheer uh, uh, insanity really that, that abounds and is considered normal in 2018 it's it's shocking and yet it should not be shocking tree of life we have our work cut out for us we've got to bear much fruit we've got to extend our branches we've got to let the heart of God get a hold of us and it starts with the root system it starts with the root system the children it starts with with Showing up in their life and saying, let me show you the ways of the Lord. Let me show you the ways of the Lord. So Athaliah is on her murderous rampage. Don't you mistake it. That's exactly what's happening in our world today. The devil's on the loose. And he wants these young people. But he's not going to get them in the name of Jesus. And he wants those children that are downstairs. But he's not going to get them in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of the Lord quickens the heart and the mind of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, a faithful woman of the Lord, goes down, finds that youngest child, Joash, picks him up into her arms. Jehoshaphat means Jehovah swears. Jehovah sworn. It means Sworn there, it means to seven oneself. And I wish I could preach that, and I will one day, but I can't right now. To seven oneself. And and it actually refers to repetition. Declaring something seven times. Jehoshaphat was repetition. And Jehoshaphat runs down and grabs up that baby and she starts running him out and gets him into the hands of Jehoiada the priest, puts him into the hands of Jehoiada the priest. And you know what Jehoiada means? Jehoiada means Jehovah known. Jehovah sworn or repeated turns into Jehovah known. 
Jehovah repeated, Jehovah repeated, Jehovah repeated. Put on the whole armor of God. The fruit of the Spirit. Bear much fruit. The Lord our God is one. Hallelujah. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Why do you keep repeating that pastor? Because it's got to be repeated. It's got to be repeated. Everybody's got to hear it. Everybody's got to know. You got to get it down in your heart so that the devil can't reach in and pluck it up hallelujah you got to know that that God's going to take you through the storms you've got to know the importance of the presence of God you've got to know the importance of the armor of God and the fruit of the spirit and the name of Jesus Christ you have to know the importance of that Jehovah repeated hands you off into the hands of Jehovah known understood experienced and it's that it's that that will stand up in the face of Athaliah when she reemerges in your life six years pass but there's a seventh year coming there's a seventh year coming that seventh year that that little boy is going to come out of there oh he's just seven years old tell that to God who's about to pour oil on his head I'm going to tell you these kids are anointed right now Right now, they're anointed of the Lord. God's already anointing them and ministering to them. And he walks out. He's being led by the priest. And he's being led to the house of the Lord, to the temple of the Lord. And there they pour the oil of God's anointing on his head. And they put a crown, of a, a crown upon his head. And they clapped their hands and they shouted, God save the king. Don't you realize that's who that toddler is in that class don't you realize that's who that's who that little six-year-old seven-year-old and nine-year-old is they don't even know how fast time is going to fly but you know how time flies by so fast and before you know it they're going to be in positions of anointing and you're going to have to say God save them God bless them God give them wisdom God give them instruction." And let their hearts be humble and ready to receive it. And sure enough, here comes Athaliah around the corner. And she looks up and there, unmistakably, Joash, standing by the pillar, seven years old, big old crown hanging down over his head. Oil of anointing on his head. And she yells out, rinse her clothes, treason! Treason. She's expecting the armies to rush to her aid but it didn't happen because Jehovah is known said get her out of here and don't even spill her blood in the temple take her outside the temple I don't even want this place desecrated by the blood of Athaliah Jehovah is known said get her out cast her out see see there has to be Jehovah repetition for six years so that Jehovah is known can take you by that can take them by the hand and lead them into the anointing of God for their life and if they've got Jehovah is known holding them by the hand then Athaliah has no more power over them Jehovah is known will always stand up in the face of Athaliah Jehovah is understood will always stand up hallelujah in the face of your adversaries I'm gonna tell you something there was Jehovah repetition all through my childhood and it was repeated and repeated and I was taught it and I was I was I was I was made to to repeat it made to understand it made to receive it and I was just coming to church coming to church worshiping God living lift, lifting my hands to the Lord and loving God and it was repeated 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 until finally it was known 
now, when Athaliah rises up, Jehovah is known rises up against her. No, I know in whom I have believed. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that the Jehovah repeated burden will fall on somebody right now. And you'll say, God, you've anointed me to minister to children. God, you've anointed me, hallelujah, to repeat the word of the Lord in their ears. To show them what it's like to be in a storm. To flash the lights. And, 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 and you've shown me. You've taught me. You've helped me. You've equipped me. Or maybe you don't even feel like you're able. But the burden is there. And if the burden is there, ladies and gentlemen, that's all you need is burden. You can be trained to reach them. You can be trained to help them. But God is wanting to raise up Jehoshaphat, who will rescue the children of Cincinnati and bring them into a safe place. The house of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm holding a tithe envelope. It's our first missions, our first building fund pledge. Eight dollars for tithes and offerings. Missions, $1,000. Building fund, $5,000. Children's ministries, I think it's $1 million. A total of $70,008. Sister Lily Hinkle sent that in. She's about maybe eight, nine years old now. So I'm going to hold Brother Sister Hinkle to this. I'm going to say, look, we got our first. Got our first place. You know what? I'll hand this off to you, Brother Rockland, here in a little bit. <laughs> you know what? It's cute, but you know what I appreciate? I appreciate that in the heart of that little child is I want, I want, I want my church to grow. I want God to bless my church. Lord, put it in their heart. And, and you know what? More importantly, Lord, put it, put, not more importantly, but just as importantly, put it in the hearts of, of the congregation to raise them up. And teach them the ways of the Lord. Could you lift your hands right now in this house? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We praise you. Come on, let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you right now. Let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As our musicians come, I want you to let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you right now. You know what I want you to do right now? First, before we do anything else, I want us to pray for our children's ministry workers right now in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Open up your mouth and say, God bless them and anoint them and strengthen them. Because you don't, you don't even realize the battles they have to face. They sacrifice every day. They sacrifice every week. God bless them in Jesus' name. Minister to them and strengthen them in the name of the Lord. God, give them blessings in their home. Bless their minds. Bless their bodies. Lord, give them strength and energy in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the, I thank you. I thank you for the work they're doing. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll multiply. Multiply every seed that they, that they deposit in the name of Jesus. I pray God you'll bless it. I pray God you'll bring increase into the life of that child. Lord, let that word go deep into their heart. Let that word sink deep into their soul. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Now I want you to let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you and say, God, I want you to open my heart right now to what your Spirit is saying to me. Open my heart and let your Spirit speak to me. Go ahead. All across this building in the name of Jesus. I believe God is going to call somebody into some ministries you never even thought you'd be a part of, but God's going to call you into some beautiful ministries in Jesus' name. Come on, there's a Jehoshaphat in this house who recognizes the, recognizes the most important ministry of, of this congregation is our children, our children, our children. The most important mission there's every devil in hell that's targeted them trying to pull them into some kind of a vice or a snare but Lord God in Jesus name let the word of God go into their hearts let the word of God go into their hearts let the word of God go into their hearts in Jesus name thank you precious Jesus thank you precious Jesus hallelujah come on lift up your hands to the Lord I want you to stand with me right now the spirit of the Lord is moving in this house the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this house. Glory to God. I was, I, was in, I was scheduled to preach. I was in Kokomo, Indiana, and, and uh, I was asked, I was an evangelist. I was asked to preach to our children's church. And... Uh, Children's church leader asked me to preach. Now, that's where I got my start. Nursing homes, children's church, Sunday school, that's where I got my start. But I wasn't, that, I mean, I wasn't doing that anymore. I was evangelizing. I was traveling, preaching places. And, and, I, and I, I received a call from a wonderful church, a big church, powerful church. And they said, could you come preach? on such and such night and it was the same night that I was scheduled to preach in my home church children's church I was probably 20 21 I wasn't the I wasn't the, the wise man of the book of Proverbs by any means but as I was looking at that calendar and I was looking at this invitation to this man I would love to go preach at this church it's just that'd be such a great thing to be able to do but I've already told the children's church leaders that I'm going to be preaching in the children's church so I prayed about it and the Lord basically said why are you praying about this you already know the right thing to do so I called the church back I said I'm already scheduled and I walked into that children's church room. I looked out over those 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old children. And I opened up my Bible. And I preached the word of the Lord. I'll never forget five children receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost that night. Look, I, I know, I know, I know. God, God, save us from thinking that, that this is big church. And that's little church. God put in us a sincere burden and passion to reach these children. Because our enemy is reaching for them every day. God, raise up Jehoshaphat among us. Raise up Jehoiadas among us who will wrap their arms around these children and begin to speak the word of life over them. 
Begin to speak the word of healing over them. Begin to speak the word of prophecy over them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands right now in the name of Jesus and let the Spirit of the Lord begin to move upon us. Hallelujah. I'm opening these altars for somebody who wants to let the Lord minister to their heart right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus, let it happen right now in the name of the Lord. Let it happen right now in the name of the Lord.